poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready with you till the end of the hour with poetry and music. Today we have another fantastic show lined up. Jenny Cargill will be joining us later with Stories That Matter and author and poet Susan Varga will be in to talk about her debut collection of poetry called Rupture. But first, let's start with a Shakespeare-inspired track. As an unperfect actor on the stage, with his fear put besides his part, or some fierce thing replete with too much rage, whose strength abundance weakens his own heart. So I, for fear of trust, forget to say the perfect ceremony of love's right, and in mine own love's strength seem to decay, o'ercharged with burthen of mine own love's might. Oh, let my books be then the eloquence and dumb presagers of my speaking breast, who plead for love and look for recompense more than that tongue that more hath more expressed. Oh, learn to read what silent love hath writ, to hear
and that was Helen Bonacarta, Rufus Wainwright, Martha Wainwright and Flora Cutler with Perfect Actor, Sonnet 23, from an album called Take All My Loves, Nine Shakespeare Sonnets. A tribute album by Rufus Wainwright to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the death of William Shakespeare. Shakespeare lived between 1564 and 1616 and is regarded as the greatest writer in the English language. William Shakespeare used language of startling originality to portray many-sided characters and tell fascinating stories. Critics and readers celebrate him as a great student of human nature. A remarkable group of vivid characters populate his plays. They include rogues and aristocrats, housewives and stuffy teachers, soldiers and generals, shepherds and philosophers. The most successful of these characters create an impression of psychological depth never seen before in English literature. Let's hear another track from Rufus Wainwright's album, Take All My Loves, Nine Shakespeare Sonnets. This one read by Carrie Fisher, Sonnet 29, where the theme of love uh, as compensation for worldly failure. The sonnet begins with the poetic speaker at his most despondent, contemplating his disgrace in the world's eyes. When in disgrace with fortune and men's eyes, I all alone beweep my outcast state, and trouble deaf heaven with my bootless cries, and look upon myself and curse my fate, wishing me like to one more rich in hope, featured like him, like him with friends possessed, desiring this man's art and that man's scope, with what I most enjoy contented least. Yet, in these thoughts myself almost despising, haply I think on thee. And then my state, like to the lark at break of day arising from sullen earth, sings hymns at heaven's gate. For thy sweet love remembered such wealth brings that then I scorn to change my state with kings. Mistress man, where are you roaming? Oh, staying here, your true love coming. That can sing both high and low, trip no further, pretty sweeting. Journeys end in lovers' meeting. Every wise man's son doth know What is love Tis not hereafter Present mirth Hath present laughter What's to come is still unsure In delay there lies no plenty Then come kiss me, sweet and twenty It's the stuff will not endure 
is mine Where are you roaming? Oh, mistress mine Where are you roaming? Oh, mistress mine Where are you Paul Kelly with Oh Mistress Mine, Clowns from the Twelfth Night, from his album Seven Sonnets and a Song. And before that, Carrie Fisher reading Sonnet 29 from an album called Take All My Love, Nine Shakespeare Sonnets. This next sonnet is often mistaken as being one of Shakespeare's sonnets. Sonnet 43, How Do I Love Thee? Let Me Count the Waves. It actually belongs to Elizabeth Barrett Browning. It's a collection of poems, Sonnets from the Portuguese, published in 1850. Um, and she was one of the leading poets in Victorian England. She lived between 1806 and 1861. Her marriage to English poet Robert Browning became one of the most celebrated romances in literary history. We have Suze in the studio to read Sonnet 43 by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Sonnet 43 from the Portuguese by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight for the ends of being and ideal grace. Level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely as men strive for right. I love thee purely as they turn from praise. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with the love I seem to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And, if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. Shakespeare When you're only 16 No idea What it all means Oh Romeo Oh Romeo He thinks it's a love thing All masks and Kisses from the balcony Deeper than Napa, it's a fucking tragedy. Oh, you taught me so much about you. Taught me so much about love. And yet I learned nothing. Yet I learn nothing Yet I learn nothing 
listening to The Bohemian Beat, broadcasting nationally since 2007 across a community radio network. We just heard Fink with a track called Shakespeare. And before that, Sue's reading a poem by Elizabeth Barrett Browning called Sonnet 43. I would like to introduce our guest today, Northern Rivers poet Susan Varga, who is launching her first book of poetry called Rupture. Susan's first book, Hetty and Me, was published in 1994 and won the Christina Steed Award for nonfiction, followed in 2001 with a novel, Happy Families, then Broom Time, and in 2009, her book, Headlong. Welcome, Susan, to the Bohemian Beat. Good to be here. Now, Rupture is, is your first book of poetry. Can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind it? Well, yes. Um, I always always thought of myself as a, a prose writer. Uh, everyone has the odd bit of poetry happening to them, but I always thought that I would be uh, sticking with prose. But after I had a, a big stroke about five years ago, it seemed to me, where can I go? Because my my speech and language centres, as you hear, were affected quite badly. I thought, well, what can I do here? Uh, going back to prose is such a horrible contrast to where I was. And somehow I instinctively went to poetry because it, the space I was in was seems to be the right space. And also, very practically, it was short. Much as you can co- compress a poem and you can deal with it, but not not, not a huge undertaking. It is in some ways, but not in others. I'm going to read one of the poems. Um, this one is called Going Home, which I thought was, was very beautiful. Going home. Home, so familiar, so strange. Home hasn't changed, I have. Different selves, one relieved the other afraid. Same landscape, different universe. How to find new weapons. Mm. Yeah, so there's a lot of these little short sort of very succinct poems that sort of express your your journey through through the whole ordeal and recovery stage. Yes, I'm I'm interested you uh, picked that one because that was a very simple little poem um, I had to write it about three years after the event when I realised I hadn't, didn't have a poem about actually going home from a hospital and the new landscape. So it came out very quickly and al- almost too simply, but I kept it as it was. And that's also the, very, uh, the distinction about the before and the after, the different perspectives, the different persona, the different way in which you are now interacting in the world. You know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting how to find new weapons. Yes, I think anyone who's gone through a, a life-changing event, it doesn't has to be a stroke, it's an accident or your partner leaving you or whatever it is, it's not the actual act, it's the consequences and how to reorder your life without falling into despair and, and helplessness. Exactly. I'm going to read a couple more. Spaceship. The room floats on humming air. The nurse's station suspended in a greenish light beams invisible signals. 
Our beds gently circle it as if tethered, benign, murmuring of machines, faraway sounds of the street below, spaceship ICU, bathed in green amniotic fluid, sandpaper mouth, swelling tongue, body afloat in another dimension. Never have I felt so safe. That's, um, that's really interesting, the amniotic fluid. Uh, for those who don't know, that's uh, what the fetus is within. Yes, when you're cocooned like that and you're totally lost, uh, that immediate environment becomes the world. And I had that um, image for a long time. Actually, that's the last poem, even though it's the first poem that I wrote. I wrote. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. D- did you want to read a poem? I'll try. I, I know that I've, I can't read as I used to, so you have to forgive me for it. We forgive you. But I'll, you. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. um, I'll have a go. This one is called Crisis. And it's, therefore, it's a bit crucial for this book. If I lose my gift, these scribblings on paper, drowning signals from a, atop high waves, What's left? If I lose the greater gift or luck of lasting love given and received, what's left? Only the tracery of trees, a kernel of will and a faint whispering of the heart. Listen, wait. Beautiful. That is so brave of you to come on the show and share some of your poems. One reason I'm doing this is it because lots of people who have some sort of disability after some, such an event fall silent. It's yeah. not right. And I'm, I'm very glad that I still have the power of speech. Lots of people don't. So I feel obliged to go, go through that barrier and it takes me effort might t- take the uh, the listeners a bit of effort, but I think it's, it's a real thing to do. Yeah, and it's a really part of the whole recovery process yes. as well to keep that to keep challenging yourself. I'm going to read another poem. Yeah. It's called "The Bedroom." In this space where two embrace, no poems allowed. In this room, dreams are private. Poems have vanished. In this space of unadorned faces all poems banished. In this bedroom, poems that speak with tongues and eyes go unwritten. Well done. <laughs> I like that one. And I actually have another one. I, I kind of went through your book and uh, it was really hard to, to, to choose which ones. Uh, this is towards the end and it's called Raft. Yeah. One by one we gather on this haphazard craft. We touch fingertips speak in gentle code, old friends glad of each other's warmth. Long or short, it's anyone's guess, this voyage out. The raft drifts, we watch the horizon, hoping for a multicoloured dusk, dreading violent storms. The raft holds, lashed together by old ties. Yeah, that's a tribute for, for friends, I think, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Susan. Susan Varga for joining us today on The Bohemian Beat. It's been an absolute pleasure and I wish you all the best 
with your new debut poetry book, Rupture. Thanks, Thank Wiggy. you. This is my hand, this is my wrist, this is my arm, this is my fist, like a twisted vine wraps around entwining. This is my face, this is my mouth, this is my eye, this is my brow, like lilac wine pouring out to thee. This is my shape, this is my form, this is my age, this is my frame, this is my mind, this is my voice, this is my heart, heart, heart. this is my choice, this is my thigh, this is my sex, this is my hip, this is my breast, this is my shadow, this is my hate, this is my line, this is my doubt, this is my gloom, my flame, my joy. shape, this is my form, this is my age, this is my frame, this is my mind, this is my voice, this is my heart, this is my choice, this is my time, this is my breath, this is my right, this is my left, this is my shadow, this is my
This is a bohemian beat. And now it is time for our next segment, Stories That Matter with Jenny Cargill. Jenny, welcome back to the Bohemian Beat. Thank you, Riddy. It's always an honour and a pleasure. Thank you. Now, what stories have you got to share with us today? Well, the story that wanted to be told today was Henny Penny or sometimes known as Chicken Lickin'. Some people might be familiar with that story, and you might tend to think, as many people think of most folktales and fables, you might think of it as a children's story. But as you listen to it, I want you to listen to the layers of metaphor. I've chosen this story, we'll talk more about it later, particularly post-election. I think there is wisdom in it. And the thing about great folktales that survive through the ages is, although they work really well for little children, they also have deeper kernels for you to chew on as you grow, and you get another layer and another layer of Oh, that's what it's about. So I want you to think, you can think about it in any context really, but particularly post-election, that's what I'm going to be focusing on after I tell the story. This story uh, was collected by an Australian called Joseph Jacobs who made very, very important collections. And he, this is the Australian version that he collected. One day, Henny Penny was picking up corn in the cornyard when whack! Something hit her on the head. Goodness gracious me, said Henny Penny. The skies are going to fall. I must go and tell the king. So she went along and she went along and she went along till she met Cocky Locky. Where are you going, Henny Penny? says Cocky Locky. Oh, I'm going to tell the king the skies are falling. Oh, may I come with you? Certainly, said Henny Penny. So Henny Penny and Cocky Locky went to tell the king the sky was falling. They went along and they went along and they went along till they met Ducky Daddles. Where are you going to, Henny Penny and Cocky Locky? Oh, we're going to tell the king the skies are falling. Oh, can I come too? Certainly, they replied. So Henny Penny, Cocky Locky and Ducky Daddles went to tell the king the sky was a falling. They went along and they went along and they went along till they met Goosey Pussy. Where are you going to, Henny Penny, Cocky Locky and Ducky Daddles? Oh, we're going to tell the king the skies are falling, they replied. Oh, can I come too? Of course you can. So Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles and Goosey Poosey went to tell the king the skies are falling. They went along and they went along and they went along till they met Turkey Lurkey. Where are you going, Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles and Goosey Poosey? Oh, we're going to tell the king the skies are falling. Oh, can I come too? Of course you can. So Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Poosey and Turkey Lurkey all went to tell the king the sky was a-falling. They went along and they went along and they went along till they met Foxy Woxy. And Foxy Woxy said to Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Poosey and Turkey Lurkey, Where are you going, Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Poosey and Turkey Lurkey? And Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Pussy and Turkey Lurkey said to Foxy Woxy, We're going to tell the king the skies are falling. Oh, but this is not the way to the king. Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Pussy and Turkey Lurkey. I know the proper way. Shall I show it to you? Oh, certainly, Foxy Woxy, they all replied. So... Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Poosey, Turkey Loki and Foxy Woxy all went to tell the king the sky was a-falling. So they went along and they went along and they went along till they came to a narrow and dark hole. Now this was the door 
of Foxy Woxy's cave. But Foxy Woxy said to Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Poosey and Turkey Lurkey, This is the short way to the king's palace. You'll soon get there if you follow me. I will go first and you come after Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Poosey and Turkey Lurkey. Why, of course, certainly, without doubt, why not, they all replied. So Foxy Woxy went into his cave, and he didn't go very far, but turned round to wait for Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Poosey and Turkey Lurkey. So first, Turkey Lurkey went through the dark hole into the cave. He hadn't got far when, Humph! Foxy Woxy snapped off Turkey Lurkey's head and threw his body over his left shoulder. Then Goosey Poosey went in and hoomph! Off went her head and Goosey Poosey was thrown beside Turkey Lurkey. Then Ducky Daddles waddled down whack, whack, and hoomph! Snapped Foxy Woxy. And Ducky Daddles' head was off and Ducky Daddles was thrown alongside Turkey Lurkey and Goosey Poosey. Then Cocky Locky strutted down into the cave and he hadn't gone far when snap hoomph! Went Foxy Loxy and Cocky Locky was thrown alongside Turkey Lurkey, Goosey Poosey and Ducky Daddles. But Foxy Woxy had made two bites at Cocky Locky, and when the first snap only hurt Cocky Locky, but didn't kill him, he called out to Henny Penny, Henny Penny, run for your life! And she turned tail, and off she ran home, so she never did tell the king the sky was a falling. Well, a little red hen found a grain of wheat Said this looks good enough to eat But I planted instead, make me some bread Said to the other guys down the street Who will help me plant this wheat? Not I, said the dog and the cat Not I, said the mouse and the rat I will then, said the little red hen And she did sunshine bright the rain it blew the grain of wheat it grew and grew it began to sprout headed out till it was ripe enough said who will help me harvest this stuff not i said the dog and the cat not i said the mouse and the rat i will then said the little red hen and she did she lugged it to the miller to grind her flour Cause the others would offer her no manpower And at baking time they all declined To help her with the job They were a doggone no good mom Well not I said the dog and the cat Not I said the mouse and the rat I will then said the little red hen and she did the bread looked good and smelled so fine The gang came running and fell in line We'll do our part with all our heart To help you eat this chow She said, I do not need you now I planted and hold this grain of wheat Them that works not shall not eat That's my cradle, the little bird said And that's why they called her red 
You are listening to The Bohemian Beat and we just heard Malvina Reynolds with Little Red Hen and before that Jenny reading us a story called Henny Penny. Jenny, that was quite quite a... You didn't lose it at all. (laughs) No, but some people lost their head, didn't they? They sure did. (laughs) So I'm hoping that... I know that your listeners are very sophisticated listeners. Oh, yeah, they are. And they know that uh, you'll be be putting two and two together and figuring out what layers you you get from that story and and perhaps in in the election setting or any setting. And what I love about that story is that... And any story, any rich story, is there's a metaphor in it which you can decode in your own way and uh, I guess it's a, a warning tale you know uh, for a child don't be misled by someone who who tricks you there's many stories like that but for us it's I think that the the amplification of that 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 you see one character after another after another you think oh really how many how many of you are going to do the same thing and when we look out at the population how we vote <laughs> it's very clear <laughs> how many how many uh, you know bad things need to happen before people want to change their ways and 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 really look at the evidence clearly so i guess often you know the story of henny penny and chicken licken it's sometimes called um are often thought of as you know a warning to look at the evidence clearly don't don't be misled look at the evidence for yourself and make up your own mind don't don't be don't be tricked and yeah. and that, and that's exactly right isn't it because we kind of ignore these um folk tales as you were saying before but we actually really need to pay attention to them Mm, mm. Yeah, so for me, um, you know, it helps me. It's a bit of a touchstone for me when I'm feeling confused by the world. I can go back to a folktale. That's my, you know, one of my spiritual resources is to go to those folktales and think, well, these issues have been perennial. You know, there's always been, you know, characters who will appear to do what they who are doing something different to what they appear to do. And then the the, story, the lovely song by Melvina Reynolds is putting into song that story that many people will know of the little red hen. And, and it's really, you know, she's she was a very socialist songwriter who wrote many stories for the cause and various protest movements. And she was really, uh, you know, making a lovely little analogy with little red hen. And that's why they called her Red which was underlining the whole socialist uh, idea of, of, you know, what she was on about, which was that the 1% are trying to live off the back of the 99%. It's not just about you should pull your weight in your own family children and we should have put our own weight in our community, but that at a higher level, if you look at systemically, um, where, where is the equity in the people doing the work, not getting paid a, a fair share? Yeah, and again, it's I mean, a very that, different kind of chicken. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, and that just that just sort of brings that whole concept of of this election. It's like, what's changed, you know? Mm. And, and and as you said before, maybe um, Henny Penny should have, you know, <laughs> been like the, the the motto for the election. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't be a sheep and follow in the footsteps of someone who's taking evidence, misinterpreting it, and heading in completely the wrong direction. And the other thing that the, it brings up, all there is a, a series of many folk tales along the lines of the world is falling. Um, there's a Bray Rabbit version that's a little bit more sophisticated, but all of them are about when you you think that the sky is falling, be careful. Which, is it really falling? But what it evokes for me in this time where we've we've uh, brought on uh, devastating, catastrophic climate change on our heads, in a sense, the sky literally is falling. There really is an urgent thing, and yet, where was that in the election campaign? So we're being we're being pushed by the media and by the election process to look at the wrong sky falling. So there is a sky falling. It's not that. 
uh, those who are calling out there's an issue, there's an issue are wrong. It's just you have to be careful about which, <laughs> looking at the evidence dispassionately and, yeah. and clearly. look look yeah. and we have you have another story I do okay. yeah and this one is more uh, when I'm I was I have to say I suffered a bit of post-election blues <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm hearing you <laughs> and this story helps me when I feel like oh what can I do to make a difference and I feel like I really want to be elephant sized in my impact in the world and then I think well okay there are certain individuals who may be able to pull that off but um, it reminds me that even if I'm just a hummingbird in the scheme of things, if I'm joining in with a movement of hummingbirds, we can be, become a stampede of elephants. Uh, so yes. uh, I, I love this story of hummingbird and elephant, a very different take on the skies falling with a different kind of a, a, an implication. Elephant was walking through the jungle when suddenly he noticed off to the left of the jungle path was hummingbird lying flat on her back with her little legs and her little feet pushed high up towards the sky and elephant stopped and said hummingbird what's wrong why are you lying there like that are you ill and I nearly stepped on you and hummingbird said no elephant I'm not ill but I have been told that the sky is falling and I believe it to be true. And so here I am doing what I can do. I am ready to catch it if the sky should fall. And Elephant snorted and laughed and said, oh, Hummingbird, you silly little bird. That's ridiculous. Well, firstly, I don't think the sky is falling. But even if it was falling, what could your little short, weak legs ever do to stop the sky? I mean, by the time you caught the sky, even if you could, it'd be just about touching the ground anyway. It's ridiculous. And Hummingbird looked very indignantly up at Elephant and she pushed her feet even harder up towards the sky and she said, Elephant, I am doing what I can do. When will you join me and do what you can do? Thank you, Jenny. That was just amazing. So we hope you've enjoyed the show today and thank you so much. That was Northern Rivers storyteller Jenny Cowgill with Stories That Matter. And I'd also like to thank author and poet Susan Varga for joining us today on The Bohemian Beat. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Ruby. I will be back next week, same beat time, same bohemian frequency for more. And uh, you can check out the website, thebohemianbeat.com, for more information and podcasts. And we're going to end with a track by Miranda Cosgrove called Shakespeare. Thank you for joining us on The Bohemian Beat. Do you love?
slowly turn to me You're three inches from my lips 